you so much for that good music tonight. I preached this morning down around Georgiana, a home place of Hank Williams Sr. But I think the music is better up here in Franklin County than it is down there. I enjoyed that. There wasn't nothing wrong with that. I I will have driven over 500 miles by the time I sleep tonight, preached twice, driven 500 miles, and stopped by the house. I live in Clanton. And so I stopped by the house and didn't have, didn't have any lunch. I don't eat breakfast on Sunday mornings. And they'd eaten all the lunch by the time I got home at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So I ate a bowl of Frosted Flakes. And I played basketball with the boys for 15 minutes and then drove on up here. But I know that if I let you all out by about 8 o'clock tonight, uh, Brother Sammy Taylor is going to buy me a salad at the Chevron filling station <laughs> in Russellville. And... Uh, I don't always, you you may think that I eat salads. I I don't don't eat salads much. I like steak. I like hamburger. I like fried chicken. I like fried fish. I like anything fried. I don't eat many salads, but when I do eat salads, I eat salads at a gas station with Sammy Taylor (laughs) in Russellville. Take your Bibles tonight. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. I appreciate y'all being here on Sunday night. I'll uh, be honest, when I heard that Tim Williams was preaching over at Calvary, I thought about going over to Calvary myself tonight. They're getting some, some real good preaching over there this evening. The kids are in good shape. Uh, but I'm honored to be preaching here tonight. And I'm going to preach from Ezekiel chapter 37. Brother Larry, always an honor to be in your association, be with the fellow pastors and churches of the Franklin Association. But I want to preach tonight on, on this subject, Dry Bones Can Live Again, from Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand with me to show reverence and honor and respect uh, to God's holy, inspired, and perfect Word. And and, uh, and what I I say tonight, I've been been in Franklin County a few times. I've preached here at Mountain View and and maybe some other churches. I've been to Red Bay. So what I say here tonight is I'm not saying anything categorically about the churches of Franklin County. But you and I both know by just looking at the way our nation is headed, uh, by, by the general trends of churches in our land today, you all know that in most places... Our churches are dry, our churches are dead, and when our churches are dry, uh, discipleship is dry, and evangelism is dry, and we need a fresh touch of God upon our churches. And so Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning in verse 1, you know this text. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy, Upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. 
And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Now pray with me. God, it's an honor to stand in this holy place tonight. Take your precious word and preach it. God, I pray that I'd be faithful to your word. I pray that I would, I would preach it with, uh, with relevancy to, to where we live tonight. Uh, God, I thank you for the music. I, I thank you for the testimony that was shared earlier tonight. I, I, thank, you, I thank you for how we have, we have already sensed and felt and heard and been ministered to through your Holy Spirit in this room tonight. And God, I pray that you would preach through me now. Lord, I, I need help. I need my mind and my mouth to cooperate with each other and to work together. And so help my thoughts to come easily. Help my words to flow fluently. God, I can speak to ears, but I can only speak to ears. I need your Holy Spirit to take the truths that I'm trying to express tonight and cause them to find lodging place inside of hearts. And so we ask you to speak. We pray that we might listen to what you'd have to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May be seated. We look at this text, and I, and I know, I know that this is a. By, by the way, I do believe literally this happened. I, I, I believe that 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 literally, as graphic as this seems, I believe literally that there was a valley of dry, dusty, dead, disintegrating bones. And I believe God picked up the prophet Ezekiel and he carried him over and he set him down in the middle of that boneyard and Ezekiel began to preach to those lifeless bones and those bones came back to life again. I believe this literally happened what I'm preaching on here tonight. Now I understand that Israel uh, was, a, was, a, was a geographical and political nation. But, but I'm not, I, I'm, I want you to see tonight uh, me preach about Israel as it pertains to us today as churches. Now, now don't get nervous, Brother Sammy. Don't get nervous, Brother Larry. I, I'm not preaching replacement theology. Uh, I'll put my cards out up front. I don't believe that, that Israel has been replaced by the church. I believe that forever uh, God has a plan and a purpose for the nation of Israel and the church has not replaced God's plan for Israel. But I do believe this. I do believe that, that what Israel was in the Old Testament, I believe the church is like unto that in the day in which we live. Here's what, here's what I mean by that. Uh, God, God said to Israel, you're going to be my people and you're going to be a witness to all the nations around you. And here's what your witness is going to be. Uh, there is but one God. 
And the only way to be right with that one God is through the shed blood of an unblemished lamb. Uh, That was Israel's responsibility. Uh, But because of compromise and because of worldliness, uh, Israel ceased to be a light to the nations around them. And Israel became like the nations around them. And so God set them on a shelf. And I think we can see where that may happen to churches here tonight. Hey, hey God, God has said we're to be a witness. Our witness is there is one God. There is one way to be right with that one God. It is through the shed blood of the unblemished Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. But too many churches have compromised and become like the world around us and therefore our light has been diminished. Look here in verse number 10. Look at the last part of verse number 10. When when these bones came back to life, look what happened. Look what happened to them. Last part of verse 10. They stood up on their feet. What were they doing before then? They were flat on their back. I know a lot of churches that are flat on their back and they need to get back on on their feet. You you know why? Because, Because we're supposed to be the army of the Lord. Now, that's not politically correct, I understand. I get all those emails that y'all get. I got an email from Crossway Publications, Brother Sammy, not long ago, and the email said this. The email said that there are some songs, and this is a a conservative publication, okay? Not some yahoo out there in liberalism, but a conservative publication, and it said there are some songs that would be better if we did not sing in our churches anymore. And this was from Crossway Publication, and they said one song, that we need not sing anymore is the song Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as Toward War with the Cross of Jesus Going on Before Because It's Too Violent. Well, that fellow must have never read the New Testament. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I have fought the good fight. So here's a picture of a bunch of bones that were lying flat on their back and they needed to get up on their feet to become an exceedingly great army. And that's what God is looking for from our churches, for us to be an army storming the gates of hell and claiming new ground for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we're going to do that, we're going to do that. There's three things we're going to need here tonight. Number one, it's right here in Ezekiel 37. Number one, we're going to need, we're going to need some men and or some women of God. That's where it starts. If our churches have flatlined, if, they, if they've fallen on their back, if our churches need a kickstart and a jump start. It's going to start, it's, it's not, it's not going to start uh, by, by going out behind Walmart and, and, and getting some, some pallets out of the trash can and putting the pallets back up here behind the platform. And it's not going to start by going out and buying a fog machine and blowing smoke up on the platform. And it's not going to start by, by Brother Sammy getting a man bun and some skinny jeans and some man booties and coming out here to some smoke blowing to preach but I sure would come to see that one Sunday 
And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that, 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 that I'm not saying that's not of God. I'm simply saying you don't need that to have what God wants for your church. What you gotta have though is a man or a woman of God. By the way, I'm gonna give you some inbounds. I don't know if there's still a Lifeway store you can go to. I was in there a few weeks ago, and it looked like a garage sale at the Lifeway bookstore. But they had the works of E.M. Bounds, everything he ever wrote on prayer for $5. I'm going to give you two quotes E.M. Bounds said about prayer. Number one, he said, he said, the church is looking for better methods. Well, that's right. The church is looking for better methods, but God is looking for better men. Then he said this, Ian e. Bounds. By, by the way, Ian e. Bounds lived 150 years ago. Sounds like he was writing just yesterday, though. But then he said this. He said, he, 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 said, he said, what the church needs is, is not more machinery, nor better organization, nor newer methods. What the church needs is men through whom the Holy Spirit can flow. Because God, catch this part, because God does not anoint plans, God anoints men. And God does not flow through methods, but God flows through men. And so we need men and women of God. And Ezekiel says right here, I'm willing to be the spark that God uses to ignite a spiritual awakening in my day. We need that spirit in our churches. Right here in verse number 1. Ezekiel says, the hand of the Lord was on me. Y'all talk like that and they talk that on Sand Mountain. I don't know about Franklin County. They say, boy, God's hand was on him. God's hand was on those singers as they sang tonight. You know what we mean by that. We mean what Zechariah said in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, not by, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. So, 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 so the hand of the Lord was on him. Look at this. And, and he picked him up and he, and he carried him out there in that, in that boneyard and he laid him down on the backside of nowhere in a valley that was full of dry, dead bones. And you know what he said to him? He said, Ezekiel, I want you to, this is where I want you to teach Sunday school. Ezekiel, here's your, here's your D group. This is your congregation. Isn't that amazing? Every picture I know is trying to get to the suburbs. I mean, I mean really, really. I mean, if, if people, people think success, boy, whoo, God's really using him. He's got a big church outside of Birmingham. They're all rich. They all give a lot of money. That's what people think. That's that somebody, somebody's been used by God if they become successful in the Baptist world and, and, they, and, and, and they're pastoring an upper middle class, lily white, white collar church in some highfalutin suburban neighborhood somewhere. That's not what happened to Ezekiel. 
God sent him back there on the backside of nowhere uh, to, to a place that there wasn't a lick of life and said, this is your assignment and I want you to be faithful to it. My question tonight is, are you where God wants you to be? And if you're where God wants you to be, are you doing what God wants you to do while you're there? I believe God, I believe God wanted Joel up here tonight. I, I believe God wanted Joel up here tonight. I was a Baptist pastor for 15 years. I've heard all those excuses that Joel didn't give. I've heard every excuse that Joel didn't give. 15 years of, 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 uh, of being the ex-officio on a Baptist nominating committee. Anybody here ever served on a, on a Baptist nominating committee? Not anything worse, is there? You teach? You teach the sixth grade boys Sunday school class next year? Only if you can't find anybody else to teach it. I mean, is that, I mean I, I'm not being critical here. I, I'm, I'm appreciative for someone who's willing to do it if nobody else wants to do it. But is that, really, is that really the person you want teaching sixth grade boys Sunday school? The person who's doing it only because we couldn't find anybody else who was willing to do it? Since I'm telling you, that's why, that's why God can't bless our churches unless we're where God wants us to be and unless we're doing what God wants us to be doing. And so I want people in my church uh, who believe God wants them to teach the sixth grade boys Sunday school class, who believe God wants them to lead a D group, who believe God wants them to sing in the choir, who believe God wants them to run the sound system. That's what we need in our churches. Now, on the front of Jesus' ministry, Jesus, who was always doing the will of his Father, on the front end of Jesus' ministry, one of the very first people that Jesus ever leads to God was a woman who had been divorced five times, and she was living with her boyfriend. That's on the front end. I don't have, I don't have one of those chronology Bibles, but I can read well enough to know it was on the front end of Jesus' ministry. You know who the last person Jesus ever led to God was before he died? Thief! Murderer! Armed robber! Jesus' ministry is bookended by, by him reaching out to a five-time divorcee with a live-in boyfriend and, a, and, a, and an armed robber who was guilty of murder and who was being executed by capital punishment. That tells me if you are willing to go wherever God wants you to go and to do whatever God wants you to do, then you're not going to be able able to be very selective in where or who you minister to along the way. Whosoever will. So number one, here's, here's a man or a woman of God over here. There's point number two. Now, now again, evangelism, discipleship, church, things are down, we've, we've fallen on our back. We need to get back up again. We need to reclaim our position as the church triumphant and the church militant. We've got to have men and women of God. The hand of God is upon them. They're where God wants them to be, doing what God wants them to be doing. And number two, we need the Word of God. Look here in verse number four. He gets out there where, where he's sent to. Verse four. Again, he said to me, prophesy, I'm going to say preach, 
I'm going to say teach. I'm going to say lead a D group. You just fill in your spot right there. He said to me, prophesy upon these bones and say to them, Oh, you dry bones, hear, listen to the word of the Lord. Well, we need more of our churches. We need more preaching and teaching of the word of God. That's what we need, more preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Now, I'm not opposed to some negative preaching. I got, a, I got a book in my office called The Power of Positive Preaching. I believe in positive preaching, but I also believe in negative preaching. I don't believe a preacher is doing what God called him to do unless there's some, some negative preaching somewhere along the way. That's 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke. Hey, if you're preaching the Word and you're reproving people and you're rebuking people, that's negative. Reprove, rebuke. Then Paul says, exhort. That's positive. Encourage, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. The Bible also needs to be listened to. I want you to see this. He says, you, you, you preach, you teach, you tell them what's wrong with them. It's right there in the Bible. I didn't make this up. He said, you get up there. You, you, you get up there with your, with your, with your lesson, uh, with, your, with your scriptures, and you make sure they know just how dry they are. You tell them they are dry bones. You make sure they understand the seriousness of their situation. Was that Robert Schuler, Crystal Cathedral? Anybody here even listen to me? Anybody here even old enough to remember? I'm, you wouldn't think I'm 59, would you? That's because I'm not. But I, but I remember, I remember getting up on Sunday mornings when I was a kid, turn on the TV, watching Robert Schuler, the Crystal. Well, the bank finally came down and repossessed that thing. Y'all know that. Bank repossessed the Crystal Cathedral because y'all must not have been sending enough money out there to him. He said, I ain't going to call people sinners. That's what he said. I ain't going to call people sinners. So that would damage their self-esteem. Send them right to hell. Send them right to hell. To tell them dry bones. That's what he says. You, you preach, you tell them, you tell them they're dry, then you tell them they better listen up. Hey, the Word of God needs to be preached and taught, but I want to say, say something I believe more uh, than, the, 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 than what is needed in our day, more than the preaching and teaching of God's Word, is the listening and the hearing of God's Word. Because everybody always says, well, you know, people just don't preach the way they used to. You've heard that. You just don't hear preaching like you used to hear preaching. I don't think that's true. I think people don't listen the way they used to listen. Now, I'll, I'll say this also. Oh, can he preach? As you hear it all the time. Well, can he preach? Well, can he preach? That ain't even the right question. The right question is, can you take it once he really starts preaching? Huh? I was down in somewhere, I forgot where I was now. I was in a, 
Oh, Dadeville. Dadeville. Down near Auburn somewhere. It was Sunday morning, a week or two ago. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, this woman's walking in the door. She's 88 years of age. And I, I, didn't know, I didn't know what she had called me. It sounded really bad to me, Brother Sammy. And I had to look it up in the dictionary once I left church that day just, just to see, make sure I knew what she had just called me. And she walks, she walks in, shakes my hand, and she says, My, uh, you remind me of my grandson. He's prissy just like you are. <laughs> and I said, I said, Ma'am, you ain't heard me preach yet. You may change your mind on that in just a few minutes. People need straight, strong, uncompromising, unadulterated preaching of God's Word. And if it convicts, if it burns, if it hurts, who cares? You're not responsible for the results or for the visible success, but you are responsible before God for your faithfulness to proclaim what God has said in His Word. He'll hold us responsible for that. I like coffee. You know that, Brother Sammy. I think you know that. I don't know. But I like coffee. And uh, in fact, the other night, uh, some woman gave me a whole pot of coffee after I got through preaching to get me home without going to sleep. And, and when I drink my coffee, I don't know how, who drink, I don't know how someone can drink cold coffee. I don't know how someone can drink frappuccinos and cappuccinos and hazelnut flavored and mocha flavored and, and, and sugar in that coffee and cream in that coffee. All that, all that type of stuff in that coffee. I want it straight. I want it black. I want it so strong that if I spill some coffee on, on, on my counter, it starts doing push-ups right away. Just, just, just like that, you know. But that's the way we need, that's the, way we need the Word of God also. We need it strong, we need it straight, we don't need it watered down, we don't need it sweetened up, we don't need it tampered with. In verse 4, God says to Ezekiel, He says, hey, you, you preach, hey, you teach, hey, you lead that small group, uh, you make sure they understand just exactly who they are in the eyes of a holy and an awesome God, and you tell them they better listen up when the Word of God is being presented to them. Now, do we, believe, do, we, do we preach and teach it? Do we listen to it and hear it? Well, here's a good one. Do we believe it? Do we believe the Word of God? All these promises up here in this text, verse 4 and following, just a bunch of, just, just, just bones littered and scattered everywhere. God says, God says, Ezekiel, look at all those, look at all those, 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 those disembodied bones scattered around there. You tell them, I'm going to cause bone to come together with bone. I'm going to wrap flesh around them. I'm going to breathe breath into them, and they're going to come back to life again. That ain't even possible. That ain't even, you ever seen that happen? That is biologically, physiologically, anatomically impossible. But God did it anyway. I believe it's true. I, I, by the way, I think one day it's going to happen again. I, I don't care if you, got, if you get cremated or your body gets eaten up by worms or whatever. But one of these days, God's going to do exactly the same thing again when Jesus Christ returns. Okay? Do you, do you believe 
Are, are, are you telling, and I, of course, again, again this, is my, this, this, is my, this is my prejudice right here coming out, okay? I, I, I'm prejudiced to the fact that the Bible says what the Bible uh, says, and, and so this literally happened, and so you're telling me that God can cause this to happen in Ezekiel chapter 37, and yet, and yet there may be a church out here in Franklin County that is beyond hope of revival? Uh-uh. 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 So, so number one, we need a man or a woman of God. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he picked me up, and he carried me out, and he set me down, and I did what he told me to do when I got where he wanted me to be. Number two, we need the Word of God. We need the Word of God. We need to teach it, preach it, hear it, listen to it, meditate on it, saturate ourselves in it, uh, memorize it, live it, believe it, receive it. Number three... We need the Spirit of God. I'm in, I'm in verse 9 and 10 now in this text. Right? And, and, and y'all are ahead of me. And I was on the interstate day before yesterday. This car comes past me with a specialty Alabama tag. And the tag said, R-U-A-C-H. Coming in I-65 from Prattville to Clanton. The car beside me comes speeding by about 95 miles an hour. R-U-A-C-H. It's a Hebrew word. It's pronounced ruach. Has, has three, this, this, this Hebrew word ruach has three English equivalent words. The word wind, the word breath, and the word spirit. But in the Old Testament, whenever you see wind, whenever you see breath, whenever you see spirit, it's, it's that one word ruach translated those different ways. So, so look again here. Look in verse 9 and 10. Listen to it. I'm going to read it as the originals would say. Then said he unto me, Prophesy to the spirit. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the Spirit, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O Spirit, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the Spirit came into them, and they lived. And they stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. What am, I, what am I trying to say to you tonight? Brethren, we have met together and adore the God we love. All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. See? I went down to went down to Guatemala a couple years ago. And I know y'all been on mission trips. Many many of you in your churches have. And uh, what I remember about this one though, this is my first time in Guatemala. And uh, we got down there, flew into Guatemala City, 
got on a bus and, and drove, you know, six hours out in the countryside, some little remote village to meet with a pastor, Pastor Juanito, Pastor Juanito. And he met us there in that village, and he had a early, mid-1980s model Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. And what, what you know is, the, is that Guatemala, Central America, is the graveyard of all old Toyota pickup trucks. So if you ever had one, that's probably where it is right now. And so we get in this, this mid-80s model Tacoma. We stand up in the bed of this truck, and he's got like a, like a, like a, a bar attached from the, from the hood of his cab coming out to the tailgate, and we just hold on to that, to that, to that rail back there, and, and he starts driving us out of the village. And he takes, takes us down this uh, little one-lane pig path of a road that kind of winds around like this, around a steep mountainside cliff. Okay, big old, big old mountain on the side and steep cliff on the other side we're just we're just rolling down that mountainside and the road got smaller and smaller and narrower and narrower and until, until literally the truck could not go any further and so he parks the truck says this is as far as we can drive we walk from here and so again we start to we start our descent on foot and there's that mountainside here and there's that 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 steep dropping off cliff here and we start walking down this narrow narrow footpath until we get to just a little just a little plateau on the side of that mountain and there's a pole barn y'all know what a pole barn is so that metal roof just four four poles holding up that metal roof and the preacher says this is this is this is where our mission work is to be you know, we need a bigger pole barn. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, there's no houses, there's nobody. This, this steep cliff, this big descent. And I said, well, how many people y'all got coming out here to worship on Sundays? He says, we've, we've got around 250 to 300 people who walk to worship under this pole barn in rural Guatemala on Sundays. But boy, hey, hey, third, third world Christians teaching first world Christians something very important right there. So see, what, here, listen, listen, and I was, I was here, Brother Sammy shared that when I preached at this church last spring. I was, I was here through the tornadoes a little bit. But see, here's what we think about church. We think, we think the accoutrements have to be right. We think the atmosphere, we think the stage presence, we think the presentation has to be just right. We think the sound system, we think the musical accompaniment, uh, we, we think the aesthetics of the building, we think that plays into having church. And they have none of that down there. No piano, no CD player, no headset microphone, no podium, no cushion chair, no hymnal, no screen, no chandelier, no walls, no air conditioning, nothing, 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 nothing. Except for the Holy Spirit of God. If we have all of this here, 
But if we don't have the Holy Spirit of God, call it anything we want to call it, but we're not having church. We're just playing religious games up in here. Dry bones can live again. Evangelism, discipleship, worship, church, music, outreach, church. But it's going to take a, a man or a woman of God. It's going to take a firm commitment to the Word of God. It's going to take a, a full reliance upon the Holy Spirit of God. But if you've got that, it doesn't matter what the church in Birmingham has that you don't have. It doesn't matter what church outreach magazine says that you need to do. You need a man or a woman of God. You need the Word of God. You need the Spirit of God. And with that, life can be reinfused into any congregation. Let's bow our heads tonight in prayer. God, God I'm, I'm grateful for... Uh, Honestly, I'm, I'm grateful for how, 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 how basic the centerpieces are. And I'm not, I'm not knocking anything. God, God I, I appreciate the, the, the training that so many people have to do their job so well in the church. We know that, that you use that. There's a place for that. But God, I'm saying that the, that the cornerstones and the foundations have to be firmly set in place or everything else is for naught. And so, God, tonight, I, I, I pray there'd be a renewed commitment. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be that man of God. I'll be that woman of God. I'll go where you want me to go, and if I'm where you want me to be, I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll do it with all of my heart, and I'll do it as unto the Lord. And God, help us not to replace, uh, uh, to replace the... The, 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 the tried and true fundamentals of teaching the Bible and preaching the Bible and reverencing the Bible and believing the Bible and obeying the Bible and even singing the Bible. Help us not to replace the tried and tested and true methods of Bible indoctrination for just whatever passing fad or gimmick or trend comes down the pike. Help us to, to be unmovable on the things that really matter. And God, I pray. I pray for your Holy Spirit. That, 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 that intangible, that unseen, yet that very real and very felt presence of Holy God among us. Help us to know that. Help us to experience it in our churches. We renew our commitment to you this day and ask you might pour out your favor and blessings upon us as we seek to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray.